Welcome, and thanks for joining me today on Mortgage Manager Playbook, a podcast for sales leaders who want to improve their team's sales performance and originate more loans. I'm Pat Sherlock, your host. Today's topic is an important one, the top three strategies to get more referrals. And I have the perfect expert, Mike Seminari, who is the guru at Strathmore on customer experience. He is director of customer experience for Strathmore. He previously was with Citizens, Wells, and Atlantic Bay. Hi, Mike. Hi, Pat. Great to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you because I think this is a great topic, especially since we're moving into a new year, about the customer experience. It's a topic that's often talked about, but really, what are the action points? And that's why I wanted to have you here today. But before we jump into that, let's talk about yourself. How did you get into mortgage banking? Well, you know, it goes back to probably my schooling. So out of school, I came out with a finance degree and I thought, what, what do I do with this? So lo and behold, I decided to be in a rock and roll band and go tour the United States. So not uh, not what you might expect. I was playing music at, at night and then had free time during the day. And I thought, well, maybe I don't want to be a poor musician. Maybe I should get a, a day job. So I ended up work, finding work as a, as a loan officer. And I, and I did that for a number of years at, at the companies you just mentioned, and, and then kind of moved from there into more of the tech side. So I was one of the first employees at Velocify and helped bring that company up and and then ended up leaving about eight, nine years ago for Stratmore and moved into the, the consulting side of things. And all along the way, I lo- I've loved customer experience and, and re- have really been an advocate for the customer first focus. And, and uh, so I, I'm in a perfect job for me now being able to combine some of the, the, uh, the tech and some of the, the mortgage experience I've had into how do we create a great experience for customers that's going to you know, fuel long-term revenue growth. Mike, I think that's a great lead-in to talk about what are some issues that mortgage bankers are not addressing that you think, since you see so many of them as a consultant, that they should be? Yeah. So the biggest thing, I think, if, if there's maybe even one takeaway from our conversation today that I'd like to get across is that it takes more than having a borrower like you and or even love you. If you're a loan officer, and you have devotion from this this person who you spent all this time with, you know, helping them qualify as they look for homes, kind of walking them through the process. It, it actually takes more than that because that is the standard. That's what every almost every borrower experiences that like for their loan officer. It, what we really need to get to is what drives the repeat and referral business, and what that comes down to, at least based on more than a million surveys that Stratmore has done over the years, is it's more about the process. Did they get through the process without having any major bumps and bruises? And if you can, if you can not only be liked at the end of the process by your borrower, but if you can actually bring them you know, through the process without any of those bumps and scrapes, that's actually what drives the word of mouth referrals. Without that, You'll get somebody who likes you, but it's not going to refer you business. And so we really focus at Stratmore in our Mortgage CX program on what happens during the process from the first interaction all the way to the closing. What's going on there that will either forfeit your referrals and destroy that potential for new business or what will drive that? 
And uh, so, yeah, so we have a lot of great data on that. Well, we're going to talk more in depth in a few minutes, but also talk about, since you do so many surveys and you talk to so many lenders and you're well known in our industry, and actually I love your one minute updates that you're sharing on LinkedIn, which I highly recommend oh, for everybody you. to watch. But what trends in the customer experience world do you think is going to be important next year as we're moving into artificial intelligence, all these types of other drivers? What are your thoughts? Sure. Well, I think there's a tendency for us as we move more and more tech forward to think, well, a lot of this stuff is just going to be done for us. And what we always go back to is that, especially with Gen Z, and, and this was true of millennials as well, is that there, there always needs to be that personal interaction. They want handholding more than we expect they want handholding. So, yes, let's allow AI to do some of the... Uh, um, I think I heard it put really well one time that it was, they should be our co-pilot. They should be somebody, uh, the AI should be something that comes alongside of us and helps us with some tasks, but the personal interaction, the emotional connection that we have with the customer has to hundred percent still be, you know, human. And so that's what we need to focus on is not, not just checking the boxes. Did we do certain things, but are we checking in? Are we having these, you know, pulse point check-ins where we say, the only purpose of the call is to say, how are you feeling? Like that, that type of thing is what AI will never be able to do. They'll, they'll never be able to read emotion to that extent and really care about you the way a human does. So I, I, what we're focusing on is, you know, yes, communication, doc collection, those are the things that always pop up in, in customer experience you know, studies. Those things are very important, but let's not forget uh, that we're, we're walking through someone, someone through the, the most anxiety-ridden time of their life when they're trying to qualify for a loan, when they're trying to you know get a house offer accepted. Those, those things are big ticket items and really stressful. And we just need to be there as, you know, treat them like family is one of my recent posts is how, 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 what can we do to treat people like we have their back, like we're, you know, we care about them and we're there for them. Well, I think this is a good segue into our topic today to talk about the top three strategies to get more referrals. And what are your thoughts? I know you've talked a lot about the first interaction. Talk about what you see with that. Yeah, sure. So the first interaction, the first time you, you talk with a, a customer and you're, you know, they're asking, they're, they're asking questions probably like, what are your rates? And can, you know, what is this going to cost me? What does this look like? What we have to maybe answer with them is the are the unasked questions like what are the potential things that are going to happen that might be bumps in the road what should we prepare them for so one of the things that i love that i've, I've heard top tier uh, loan officers do is the very first time they sit down with somebody they say this is going to be a relationship and relationships require good communication and good communication expectation settings so Here's something I've tailored for my clients in the past, and I want to see if this works for you. So there's these three milestones that are really important. I'm going to give you phone calls because I really think it's good for us to connect on the phone for these things. And these other things, I'm going to give you email updates, and it's going to be at this cadence. And if I need something from you, is it okay if I text you for that? Because I need it right away. Even if you're at the grocery store, I need you know to connect with you. So having that kind of semi-tailored, semi-set-in-stone thing where you say, will this work for you or do you want to you know, tweak it a little bit? That's something that customers 
are delighted by. And very few loan office officers do that and stick mm -hmm. to that. So being able to you know, set that expectation and follow through every single time they, they get a check-in from you that, it, that was already set up and already expected, that's a deposit in the bank of trust and of, you know, of delight. Well, I think that leads in, and that's a really great point. It's so simple, but so hard to deliver on. What happens is that I guess they're so excited to talk to somebody that they start going on about how great the products and the rates are. And I think that leads away from really establishing a trust conversation. Is that your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, 100%. It, it, what, what the borrower needs and what they think they need are sometimes two different things. They right. they need reassurance, emotional connection, those things. And they think they, they just want, they think they're going shopping at the grocery store and want to get the best deal, what's on sale, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, it's yeah, it's it's giving them what they need, not necessarily what they're asking for. But the, the, the thing I like about those set, set appointment schedules is that I think a lot of law officers and you know, when times are slow, this is not a big deal. When, when business picks back up, this becomes a big deal because they're so overwhelmed with what to do. It becomes a, I only call you if I, you know, if I have something to report, if I need to call you. But by setting up a, a set schedule, you're calling them every Friday and you block an hour out and you make your phone calls and you, you check in with them emotionally. And I, I think that gets lost on a lot of loan officers, especially when they get busy. It's like, don't bother me, I'm busy. I, I will call you if I need you. But it's not really connecting with them as a person. But that's that emotional connection, keep going back to that. That's how you get word of mouth referrals. That's when, when I, I'm always reading testimonials and I'm always seeing the same themes. People who are ecstatic about their experience talk about the loan officer like their family or like they would do anything for them. And that's a big difference from this person was really nice. They answered my phone calls. You know, they explained everything to me. That's not an experience that you're just going to jump out of your chair and start telling all your friends and family about. No, I agree with that. And it's such a important component that I think you're right. Many loan officers think this is just a product and price game, and it certainly isn't. So, Mike, talk about, I know you believe that the next important strategy is the expectation setting, which you kind of talked about before, but talk again at more in depth. Well, sure. So the, it, the first thing we talked about was communication expectation setting, but there's other expectations in a loan process, like when are we going to close? How long is this going to take? Things like that, where when it's slow, when you're scrambling, trying to win a deal, you know, it's easy to overpromise on those things. Even if it's a tough deal and you know it's going to be, you don't want to tell somebody, well, this is going to take 45 days or it's, you know, an assumption. Oh, this is going to take 90 days. It's, it's hard news to deliver. So loan officers hold back. And maybe try to say, well, well, we'll get this done by the date you need, even if they're not sure of it. And so that ends up biting them in the in the butt a lot of times because they, you know, they're not able to deliver and their processing or fulfillment teams get those dates. They're like, we can't close it this fast. What are you talking about? So what I see in some of the numbers with some of our clientele is even though we're slow right now, we're having poor scores on expectation setting because of all those things I just mentioned. So it's that that specific thing happens to drop your NPS score, your likelihood to recommend barometer by 80 to 90 points, which 
take someone from a raving fan to somebody who's almost more likely to badmouth you. So that's, you know, it, it may seem like a sig- insignificant thing. Did we, did we hit the timeline or did we set the expectation on the time frame correctly? But to a borrower, it just, it, it sours their experience, even if they like you as a loan officer, they're not, they're not going to go be a raving fan. So everything that, that I do and that, that we do at Stradmore to, to help lenders in their customer experience, it's geared towards, let's make sure you're not shooting yourself in the foot. Let's make sure we're re- removing all the barriers to word of mouth referrals, because let's be honest, a testimonial and a word of mouth referral are two totally different things. If you want the word of mouth referrals, the process has got to be great. And that's you know, setting the time frame for the expectations is a big part. Well, I think you're exactly right. And I'm curious on your thoughts. And, and I guess this really does come down to this question, that when you're looking at, Mike, what is the benefit to the loan officer and actually the sales group of delivering a raving fan experience? And so is that typically a third of the business will come from word of mouth referrals or and that's certainly what i see but i'm curious about what your data sees yeah well it's it's different uh, from consumer direct to retail it's different from purchase sure. to refi obviously but in this market you know we're so heavily on purchase that it is huge we see you know it, it kind of used to be old school way of thinking before we had the data on this we thought well it's it's our brand and our trust and our products and pricing is and it's our, you know, some word of mouth referrals, but but a lot of it's the other stuff. When we asked, and this is over a million borrowers we asked over the, the past several years, why did you choose your lender? What was the main reason? Mm-hmm. We thought it would be an even distribution. It wasn't at all. It was like nine out of 10 people said it was, it was relationship or experience driven. So I knew the lender. I knew the loan officer. I was referred by a friend, a family member, a, a realtor someone someone had an experience or I had my own experience that made me make that decision. When we, when we looked at positive reviews online and we looked at best interest rates, those were like ones and twos. And when it's first time home buyers, they're even lower on those things. So it's, it's all about the trust relationships. It's all about your personal experiences that you've had nine out of 10. Well, that's interesting that you talk about that, and it's no surprise. And I thought it was very much telling in the world of the mortgage industry. And I think this is Black Knight data, where, in other words, I guess they they surveyed to see, did the customer go to the original loan officer? And if I remember the numbers correctly, 80% of the customers went to another lender. So that kind of tells you right away that they weren't impressed with the loan officer. So (laughs) is that that the same type of data that you see that the customer won't come back? Uh, And that's really what it's all about, having that customer come back to you in addition to referring. What what is the data that you're seeing? Well, yeah. Well, first I'll share anecdotally. I heard the flip side of that, which is the talk to a loan officer who said, I still get um, calls 10 years later from people I did loans for. And this guy's not even in the loan not even in the mortgage industry anymore. And he still gets calls because he did such a great job 10 years ago. And so he'll refer business to people, but it's, it's rare to have somebody like that. And you're right. It's like, 
I think the, the retention rate is about 18% all said and done over the last five, six years. But that's, you know, that can be poor onboarding experience. It could be my loan got sold and I don't even know who, you know, who it is. It could be some of that. But a lot of it is you didn't wow them enough. You know, you're, whether your loan gets sold or not, did that person stay in touch? Did you wow them enough that you, you know, they're going to call you back because they kept all of your information because you were so good? Uh, you know, I, I read some testimonials that are like, well, I've already sent my mom and my grandma and, you know, three other people to this person because they're so good. Well, you're going to remember that person. They're your go-to person forever. So well, let's talk about the third part that you talked about, how important it is delivering a raving uh, fans experience. What are the critical moments to uh, actually implement that from what you see? We've done some research on the end of the, of the loan process and found that, well, we did it through the whole loan process, but the, the end of the loan process, the pre-closing and closing phases of the loan process constitute about 70% of that person's overall satisfaction. So it's very heavily weighted on the last few days of the process. And one of the elements that is the most, probably the most volatile, whether you get that raving fan or don't, is the call prior to closing to go over final numbers. Because it's, did they feel prepared going into that closing event? Even if it's an e-sign, did they feel prepared or are they going in kind of scared they're going to see numbers that they don't expect or, or fees that they don't expect, things like that. And if you get it right, it's like a 89, 90 NPS. If you get it wrong, it's a, it's a negative 12, I think, NPS. It's, it's a huge, huge swing. Now, most loan officers, when they hear that, they'll say, well, no, I do that. I, I call my borrowers prior to closing. And most of the time I leave a message because they don't pick up or, you know, I say, hey, I'd love to go over your final numbers with you. Or, or, you know, let me know if you have any questions. And they don't realize that it's it's one of those tipping point things, those Malcolm Gladwell tipping point things where the small nuance change makes all the difference whether that person is a raving fan or not. So the difference between that, between leaving a message and saying, hey, call me if you have questions, and scheduling a time and saying, we need to schedule 15 to 20 minutes to go over this together. It's really important that we we go through the numbers together. The difference between those two people is one one gets referral business and one doesn't. It means it's that stark. So wow. that that call prior to closing is a big deal. So that therefore, of course, some organizations where, as we all know, it goes through the hectic moment right before uh, they're having to issue the CD, and and so sometimes. What you're suggesting that the loan officer needs to take a hold of this topic of reviewing the CD at early on in the loan process, because if you haven't developed those expectations, there's no reason why the person's going to answer their phone uh, when it gets near closing, right? I mean, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, the the consistent communication and expectation setting, of course, they they all kind of feed into each other, right? So that's a good point. But just doing that one simple thing. And what about organizations where once the loan passes from the loan officer, it goes to the back office and then that whole process is handled by them, even including yeah. the conversations with from the processor standpoint with the borrower. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up because that is very prevalent where you, it gets passed off. The loan officer doesn't think about it again. And then the loan officer has a blind spot, you know, it's the processor's or LOA's duty to call that person and go over that stuff with them. And did it happen or didn't it? Well, if the loan officer never sees it, they're just going to be off in, you know, la-la land thinking, oh, this this went perfectly. My customer loves me. I'm going to get referrals. But if that call doesn't happen, they, they lose, they forfeit, they, they don't get that referral. And so it's the blind spots that, that the program, our, our Mortgage CX program helps with is, is you need to measure that stuff. Like you need to have visibility of that stuff. Once LOs know that everything rides on that, the LO is going to be saying, uh, well, I want to know if that happened or not. Even if it's not my job, not my fault if it didn't happen, I still lost the referral because it happened. So I want to see it if the processor is doing that. So show me after the loan, ask the borrower, did you get this call? Yes or no? And show me the results of that because if those calls aren't happening, I'm losing referrals for no reason. So yeah, that's why we we really focus on everybody needs to have visibility and control over their own destiny. So a, a, a LO should see a scorecard on a monthly basis. What did their borrowers say happened during the loan process? Because some things are in their control or, or at least their oversight to, to see did these things happen or didn't and you want to let the loan officer set themselves up for the best possible chance at a referral and again liking the the lo isn't enough so, so the loan officer needs control and visibility of that so if we take it up and wrap it up to a bigger issue that not just the loan officer has an interest really what percentage of the business do you think that a lender is losing by the fact that they don't have really raving fans. They, in other words, it's strictly transactional and the customer moves on and doesn't come back to you. What, what, how much business do you think they actually are losing? One stat I'll share with you is, is the pull through rate on a raving fan to a new loan, which mm -hmm. we've determined to be about 21%. So like one in five raving fans actually does turn into a new loan fairly quickly. So it, at least that, that much. When we look at the things that forfeit the, those referrals and forfeit those raving fans, we, we can determine company by company, you know, issue by issue, how much is this issue costing you? So we can actually say, well, if you improve this to a, a best in class kind of status, how much more business will that probably drive your way? So there, you, there's actually calculations you can do. It's, you know, it's not an exact science, but it definitely gives you an idea. You know, there's it's so it's it's hard to give you a, a, an exact percent to your question, sure. but I will say there's you know there's there's two phases that we look in customer experience strategy. The first is is up to the application, and the set the second is the application forward. So uh, everything we're talking about is application forward, but we also do secret shopping um, with clients where we look at how much of your initial pipeline is falling out because they had a bad experience with your online tools or with your application process. They never got mm -hmm. called back. They got asked the same stuff, you know, a bunch of times. So there's, there's leakage there. There's leakage in the process forward because you, you're not wowing people and, and delighting them. But I would, you know, it's substantial. You know, I can tell you the companies that are purchasing other companies right now, and we're part <laughs> of a lot of mergers and acquisitions, those are the companies that are really, you know, into the customer experience and measuring very thoroughly. So it's if you, if you want to thrive in a down market, you know, you, you set yourself up 
by really paying attention to those things. Well, I can't agree with you more. And I think that we only have a few minutes left. And is there a couple of takeaways for our listeners today, Mike? You know, I, I love advocating for personal connection. So we're in the holiday season. Why not reach out to your borrower and do something that makes them feel like family? Something that makes it makes it personal, has the emotional connection. One thing that I heard someone doing the other day was sending a recipe, a favorite holiday recipe uh, to some of your clients to say, I was thinking of you. You're not asking them for business, right? You're just, if another thing would be read through all your, all your 2023 testimonials that you received. Look for the ones where you really delighted people, where they're extra ecstatic about it. And reach out to those people and say, I was just thinking of you and, you know, Hope you have a great holiday season and and just leave it at that. No ask, no secondary mm-hmm. motive, but but just to connect with them on an emotional level, let you know, let them know that you were thinking of them. Well, Mike, we could talk for hours. This is such an important topic. I'm going to have to have you come back and talk about the experience yeah, with referral sources themselves, because I think that's another missing link that loan officers really aren't uh, are, are not being proactive with. So I certainly want to thank you, Mike, for sharing your wisdom. And I want to thank our listeners for listening to our podcast today. You certainly can catch up on all our episodes by going to www.patsherlock.com and subscribe. Thanks so much, Mike. Yeah, thank you, Pat. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Manager Playbook. You can catch up on all our episodes by subscribing to receive each week a new show. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and team members. If you're looking to increase production, call me to discuss my prospecting sales training program, Ramping Up Realtor Referral Sources. Check out my website, www.patsherlock.com.